How's it going so far? Yeah? But there's more. There's more in just a little bit. Uh, but it's good to worship together, isn't it? It's kind of good to go for it a little bit together, maybe a little bit more than we normally do. And uh, it just says a lot about you as a congregation that we can have a weekend like this and, and you'll go there. And again, if you are visiting us, uh, we don't do this every weekend, but, but I hope you're getting a sense for how God is moving in this experience. So we're in a series called Walking as Jesus Walked. Walking as Jesus Walked. And it's based on this verse in 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. It says, whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. In other words, you're going to talk the talk. You got to walk the walk. <laughs> the very first week of this series, uh, we talked about this essential part of, of walking as Jesus walked. That if we're going to walk as Jesus walked, we have to walk in the light of love. And right after that verse that I quoted just a moment ago, it goes on to talk about walking in the light of love. If we're walking in anything other than love, we're walking in darkness, we're stumbling around, we can't see where we're going. But if we're walking in love, there's light and we can see uh, where we're going. The second week of the series, we talked about the dual nature of Christ, that Jesus, we believe, was fully God and fully human. I had a dual nature in one person, the hypostatic union. You all remember that term, right? <laughs> but that's, that's what we believe. But it's in the fullness of Jesus' humanity uh, that we see this model example of what it is to be fully human. If you've ever wondered, what does it mean to be fully human? We look at Jesus in the fullness of humanity. He shows us how we were always intended to be, how we were always intended to live. Jesus shows us what that looks like. And the more we walk as Jesus walked, the more we walk into the fullness of the humanity that God intended for us all along. And then the last couple of weeks, we've been unpacking this acronym, Holy Spirit Power. Two weeks ago, we talked about being filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, that it is essential in our walk with Jesus, that we are filled just like he was, uh, filled with the Holy Spirit. We can walk in this power. And then last week we talked about prayer and, and praying like Jesus prayed. And as we pray like Jesus prayed, we, we walk more and more like him. Today we're going to talk just for a few moments about the O in the Holy Spirit power. And the O stands for everyone's favorite word, obedience. Obedience. Would you say that with me? Obedience. Doesn't it just kind of roll off your tongue, right? Cause warm fuzzies inside of you, or you want to jump up and down, excitement, obedience. We're talking about obedience, but here's the thing. Uh, critical, vital. If we are going to walk as Jesus walked, we have to learn to walk as he did in obedience to the Father. But it's not just important. It's, it leads to this, this beauty and freedom and joy and life, a fullness of life, when we learn to walk in obedience to the Father like, like Jesus did. Obedience. I don't know about you, but my kids are perfect. Right? Every time I ask them to do something, they, they do it right away. They say, yes, Father, and they do it with a smile on their face, and they whistle a happy tune, and they do exactly. Now, if you believe that, I've got a book on parenting I'll sell you. But they're, they're good kids, all right? But they're kids. And so oftentimes when we ask them to do something, I get a one-word response, which is, that's your kids. No. Mine say, sometimes they say no. They say, Why? Why should I? Why, why should I do that? Right? And then as, as parents, we give the response that our parents gave us and their parents gave them and their parents gave them all the way back to Adam and Eve because I said so, all right? Because I'm your dad, right? It's funny that that's been passed on from generation to generation because it's not very effective. But uh, we do say that, right? We feel like we have to. 
You know, as, as adults, we're not that different than kids, really. When we hear a message on obedience, about obeying God, we, our first response is, is, why? Why should I? And God doesn't give us that response that's been passed on from generation to generation because I said so. Uh, he has uh, res- good responses for us, multiple responses, actually, to why it is good to obey him, to walk in obedience to him. I don't have time to go into all of them because we're going to do a little more worship here in a little bit. But, but I do want to touch on two and then, and then dive just a bit deeper into the third one. So in God's word, we find all kinds of responses to why we should obey God. But the first one, and if you've been going through your walking as Jesus walked study guide, you've seen this, that obedience is God's love language. Obedience is God's love language. It's not up on the screen, but if you want to write it down, just write down love language. God, God feels loved when we obey him. And, and many of us here, we want to know how God feels loved. Right? He feels loved when we obey him. This comes from lots of verses in the Bible, but here's one, John 14, 21 says, those who accept my commands and obey them are the ones who love me. <laughs> so those who accept my, who, who obey, they're the ones who love me. I feel loved when people obey my commands. And if you are in a position of authority in any way, shape, or form, and I'm talking about healthy authority, authority rightly expressed, right? Appropriately expressed. But you're, as a parent or as a teacher, as a coach, and you ask someone to do something and they do it, first you get over the shock and then you go, yeah, I feel loved. I feel respected. I feel appreciated. God feels that way as well when we obey him. So the first one is obedience is God's love language. Now, now we just need to make sure we don't get things mixed up when it comes to obedience and love, okay? We've got to make sure we don't get things out of order because it's not, okay, I obey God, I keep trying to obey God, and if I just obey God, then he'll love me. Uh-uh, uh-uh, that's not what we're talking about here. Okay? God loves us in Jesus Christ, period, unconditionally. It's a free gift, his grace, mercy. And because we know that love, then we begin to obey him. You see the difference? Here's a quote from Tim Keller, who's a pastor in New York. He said, religion, it's the difference between religion and Christianity. Religion says, I obey, therefore I am accepted. Christianity says, I'm accepted, therefore I obey. See the difference? Really important. We know God's love, therefore we obey his love language. Second reason that we obey God is that God knows what's best for us. You remember that show, Father Knows Best? He does. He, he hasn't set up these guidelines or parameters or, you know, commandments to make our lives miserable. He knows what's best for us. He wants us to experience life and freedom. I love it when Jen, my wife, tells a story about when her dad sat her down when she was a teenager, and she was not happy about this rule, all right? And her dad sat her down and explained to her why he wasn't going to allow te- boys in her room as a teenager. I love my father-in-law. Anyway... But his why was simple. He said, I'm not letting teenage boys into your room because I was a teenage boy once. <laughs> his father knows what's best. Father, God knows what's best for us. And when we obey his commands, we can know that. He wants to protect us. He wants us to know that we're loved. So it's his love language. He knows what's best. But this is the one I want to spend just a little more time on, and that's this. The other side of obedience to God is always worth it. It's always worth it. We obey God, we go through whatever that requires, and then on the other side, it is always worth it. Always worth it. Now, it takes on a variety of forms. It, sometimes it, it's hard to be obedient to God. 
It's hard, but it's worth it. Sometimes it's countercultural to, to obey God. It's even counterintuitive. It doesn't make sense, you know, on paper or in, in a worldly sense, but, but it's worth it. Sometimes it's risky to obey God. Sometimes there's sacrifice. Oftentimes there's sacrifice. There's sometimes even suffering when we obey God. But it's worth it. It's worth it. This thought dropped for me this week, and, and uh, I think I'm supposed to share it. And, that, and that's this. That obedience often equals short-term suffering, but long-term satisfaction. Obedience often equals short-term suffering, but long-term satisfaction. Disobedience, just the opposite, often equals short-term satisfaction, but long-term suffering. We make decisions in the moment. There's instantaneous gratification, satisfaction, but it doesn't last. That disobedience leads to long-term suffering, trouble, destruction, even. It's always worth it. Now, Jesus tells his disciples literally to go to the other side of the lake in this two-verse passage I want to share with you from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 35. It says this, As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. I like that that's included there parenthetically. Other boats followed. Not everybody, but some did. So, so we get a picture here, maybe, of, of a, a nice, slow, sunset pontoon cruise across your favorite lake, right? And, and that sounds nice right about now, doesn't it? We're almost there. The ice is melting. Sorry, ice fishermen. Anyway, but that's not what happens here. This call to go to the other side, uh, there is going to be hardship. In fact, they run into a, a fierce storm on the lake, which is the Sea of Galilee. They call it Lake Kinneret in Israel. And I can picture it because I've been there. And then they get to the other side. Now talk about risk. Talk about countercultural. These are good Jewish boys going from one side of the lake to the other. It's like going to the other side of the tracks for them. On the other side are the Gentiles, the pagans. There's darkness, and they've been taught growing up in demons. Right? No good Jewish boy would ever cross the other side of the lake. But Jesus says, let's go to the other side. They get to the other side, there not only is a man possessed by a demon, he's possessed by 5,000 demons. Jesus casts out those demons. They go into 2,000 pigs who rush into the water and drown, and the townspeople are upset because they love bacon and, <laughs> and because that's their livelihood. And so the, the, the townspeople, they run Jesus and the disciples out of town. <laughs> Let's go the other side. And you have to just imagine the disciples on the way back across going, was that worth it? I mean, Jesus said, let's go the other side, but was that worth it? The sacrifice, the suffering, the risk. And I don't know if they got it then, but I can assure you they eventually got it. It was absolutely worth it. Because in that trip to the other side of being obedient to Jesus, they learned to trust Jesus more. Uh, they, they received some real training in walking in power. And, and they got to be a part of the spread of the gospel. That guy who had the demons cast out, he started to share with, with people throughout the Decapolis, which is the 10 cities in that region, into the Gentile pagan world. And it starts to spread the gospel, the kingdom of heaven, the message of Jesus starts to spread all over. And they got to be a part of that. So at some point, you, you can be sure that they went, oh, it was worth it to be obedient to Jesus. It's all, the other side of obedience is always worth it. I, I've learned this in my own life in many different ways, including about eight years ago was when I first got the call from Pastor Bill Boleyn to consider coming to a church in Minnesota. And uh, you want to talk about hard. My wife, my, her first response was, nope, 
And then uh, we were out in Washington State. And you want to talk about countercultural, we got out here and it's like, yeah, sure, you betcha, how's it going? And people think ketchup is spicy. Please. <laughs> I mean, countercultural and struggle, you know, and sacrifice, leaving family and friends behind, suffering in the middle of winter. We all experienced that together, but has it been worth it? Absolutely. It's been worth every minute of it. We wouldn't trade it for the world. The, the impact that it's had on our lives and, and how we've got to be a part of other people's lives and be a part of this incredible church. Right? Obedience, the other side of obedience is always worth it. What about you? What about you? What's the decision? What's the situation? What's the dilemma? What's, what's the temptation? What's the nudge that you've been getting for a long time now of God saying, you know what, it's time. It's time to step out. It's time to, to step out and trust me. <laughs> or maybe the nudge is more like, not it's time to, to do something, but it's time to stop. Father knows best. He loves you. Stop doing that thing that just keeps leading to maybe short-term satisfaction, but long-term suffering. Stop. I know there are some of you in here. I know there are a lot of you in here because I'm one of them, who are being called to obey this command, to step out even more, to trust him even more, to stretch even more, to sacrifice even more, because it is always worth it, obedience to him, because you will learn to trust God more. You, you'll receive training on how to walk in power, and you'll be a part of, if there's nothing like it in the world, you'll be a part of spreading this gospel uh, message of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God. Advancing God's kingdom, multiplying the hope and the heartbeat of Jesus. You get to be a part of that. Talk about long-term satisfaction. And I want that. As your pastor, I want that for you. I want you to know that deeper trust and, and, and the power that you can walk in and the long-term satisfaction that comes from walking in obedience to God. But you know, even more than that, and more than me wanting it for you, Jesus wants it for you. I, I have been in the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus faced that decision. Do I, do I obey God's will to go to the cross or do I turn around and run over the mountains and never look back? And Jesus wrestled with that, not your will, but my, not my will, but your will be done. And he is obedient to the Father all the way to the cross. Talk about short-term suffering. Jesus suffered like no one ever had, but talk about long-term satisfaction, not just for him, but for us today. We get to experience that satisfaction and that fullness and that freedom, that forgiveness, life today. He wants it for you. You know, I love, I love spring for lots of reasons. And one of them is baseball season started last week, okay? Spring training. And some of you care. Some of you don't care at all. But those of you who are baseball fans, you know. But what is spring training? It's preparation for the regular season, right? It's, it's, it's practice for the real thing. I like that thought because that's what we do here every week in worship. We're practicing obedience, we're preparing for the real thing for Monday through Friday. Monday's coming. It's Sunday, but Monday's coming. And so we're preparing and practicing to live out obedience uh, the rest of our lives. And, and we do it in multiple ways. We, we hear God's word and we obey it. We learn to apply it to our lives. We practice that. And next week, uh, my wife Jen and I are going to be giving a message on Jesus and God's word, the W in Holy Spirit power. We practice by giving, by giving. Obeying God's commandments to give because he knows best for us. He loves us. 
And as followers of Jesus, we, we are called to give firstly and generously and even sacrificially at times. And I'm here to tell you, as someone who has given biblically my entire adult life, it is always worth it. Sometimes you feel stretched. Sometimes you feel like you got to sacrifice something, but it is always worth it. And then we practice obedience by worshiping God. Jesus says, love the, the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and, and your neighbor as yourself. Worship, sh- express worth, express love to him. Love the Lord your God. Worship the, the Lord your God. And so when we, when we come to worship, and sometimes it feels like, okay, there's a little bit of a, you know, inconvenience here in common, but isn't it always worth it when you come and experience all that God has for you in worship? And so we're going to do that a little bit more here in just a moment. We're going to continue to worship the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and practice that obedience and express our hearts to him. We're also going to practice through giving with our offering here in just a moment. And I would would encourage you to let the Lord lead you in both. And the ushers are going to come forward in just a moment, but I'm going to pray before they do. Would you join me? God, thank you, Lord Jesus, for your obedience. From the fullness of your humanity, you did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. You put your God card away and, and you said, not my will, but your will be done, Father. And you went to the cross so that we could know that it's not out of our obedience that you love us, but you love us, period, and therefore we can obey. And obedience isn't this word that drags us down. It propels us forward. It allows us to walk in more freedom and beauty and joy. Life. And so as we give now in worship and as we sing in worship, Lord, may this be an expression, practice for the rest of our lives. Holy Spirit, continue to move. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. As we take our offering this morning, there'll be words on the screen for us to continue to meditate and reflect. So, a weekend of worship. What do you think? (laughs) How many of you could keep going? Some of you I know. Well, here's the good news. You can because I think we just got a taste of what eternity is going to be like as we worship God um, in eternity. And, of course, we'll be here next week and, and as we talked about that our lives from here as we go out into the week are to be an act of worship, an act of obedience as we continue to live out of this overflow (laughs) that we just experienced. Amen? Amen. Amen. Just a reminder, there are people ready to pray with you up front in the prayer room. They would love to pray for you for anything that's going on in your life. Maybe just receive a blessing, but now receive this blessing from God's heart to yours. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor, his favor and fill you with peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, amen. God bless you. We'll see you soon.